0: This is the Sunday Sermon Podcast from Claycomo Baptist Church, Claycomo, Missouri. Today is Sunday, January the 30th, 2022. Pastor Scott Gordon continues his study in healthy habits with studying and applying the Word of God. And Now we send it over to Pastor Scott. We continue our... Study in healthy habits as we have begun this year and looking for ways to be strengthened in our faith, to be healthy in how we live individually as families, as a church family, and all the things that God has called us as to who we are to be and what we are to do. I'm going to start this morning with a little Bible trivia. You're welcome in here, and so... This is kind of like if you've ever watched the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? This is a game where nobody wins and the points don't matter. Okay? So if you're waiting to go, all right, look, I got, I got them. And how many did you get? I did better than you. Uh-huh. But let's just start here with this. Here's the question. When Saul conquered the Amalekites, what person did he keep as a prisoner instead of killing like God said to now take a moment, maybe write down your answer, come up with your answer. The answer is King Agag. We find that in 1 Samuel 15, verse 8. Next question. What is the first of the Ten Commandments? Give yourself a minute to go, okay, one, two, three, which one? First one is to have no other gods beside God. You learned it like I did in the kingdom of James. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Exodus chapter 20 verse 3. Next question. When the disciples saw Jesus walking on water, what did they think he was? There we are. Boy, everybody was ready with this one. Matthew chapter 14 verse 26. Okay. In the Psalms, it states that one day in the courts of the Lord is better than how many days elsewhere? Thank you. I want to make sure the front row right here got this. Becky and Jamie weren't ready for this one. I was done. I was like, oh, I don't know. Then a thousand elsewhere, Psalm 84 in verse 10. Now, I don't know if you grew up like I did, and I went looking for it. And I think we got rid of it because nobody would play the game with me but we had the old box bible trivia game had the do you still have it and stuff okay we have it i probably should have asked for more cuz i went looking i'm going it's not here in the house anymore um and, and you you played and you had a set of cards and i mean that level of trivia was ridiculously detailed i mean it was like uh i don't know it's like who was the captain of this you know army of davids that went and did this and you're like Duh. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. We always picked up the kid cards; those were hard enough. There was a whole box that was just for the kids, you know. And we're like, all right, maybe we can do this, and we did fairly well there with that. I start there, one to have a little bit of fun, and I've mentioned it already. The reason that we start with that idea of biblical intake, incorporating God's word into our lives, is not that we would be able to win that trivia game. There's much, much more to the Word of God in our lives than being able to say, we know it. And that's where we are going to for this day. We've, we have been talking about hearing the Word of God, meditating or memorizing the Word of God, the meditation, that idea of taking it and spending time, if you will, steeping in it. Like I mentioned last week, today, the title of the message is to examine and execute, That sounds bad, but execute if you're a computer geek means something different than execute if you're in law enforcement (laughs) Uh, and other things like that. But that's where we find ourselves. And in fact, if we're going to do maybe another picture for us to help get an idea of, we talk about hearing and reading, and and now we're going to be talking about studying and application. How do these things tie tie together? Maybe if we were to think about it like a, a boat on a lake, on a beautiful, clear lake, not the lakes like are in Oklahoma that are muddy and everything else. But anyway, beautiful, clear lake. Hearing the word of God It's kind of like getting in a motorboat and just cruising across the top of the water. Studying the word of God would be maybe taking a slower boat with a glass bottom that just kind of goes and takes its time, a slower trip across that same lake. Giving us more time to see, to look at more of the detail, to really think through and incorporate these aspects and, uh, of what you're seeing in that journey. And that is the very same picture for us because, yes, we need to hear the word of God. We need to read the word of God. Memorizing the word of God gets us ready like we talked about in Sunday school this morning in Joseph's situation with Potiphar and, and Potiphar's wife is if you're waiting till the last second to decide what you're going to do, you will be in trouble. But having God's word and living by God's standards and having ourselves committed prior to anything taking place prepares us for that moment. And there's no greater preparation that Paul mentions than to have the sword of the spirit at the ready. And I've mentioned on Wednesday night that, hey, you know, we've talked about carrying the sword and it's kind of convenient for us. You You can have the whole Bible on your phone now. Hey, back in Paul's day, they didn't pull out their mobile phone. How did they carry the sword of God with them, the word of God with them? They're not carrying the scrolls. I mean, one book, like Isaiah, often had two or three scrolls to it. I mean, you just don't carry the word of God with you. How did they do it? They memorized. They treasured. And it was with them. God utilized that in their hearts and minds. The same holds true for us today as well. So as we look in, we're going to be looking at... Ezra chapter 7, we're going to be looking at James chapter 1 as some primary sources for us today to get at this idea of examining and executing the word of God in our lives. So Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10 reads like this. It says, Now Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. Now, if you look at chapter 7 prior to that point, this is kind of like Ezra's resume. Coming back from being in exile and being allowed by the king of Babylon at that time to be able to come back and help with the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And he gets a letter sent with him from the king to go back to those who had remained there in Jerusalem, in Israel, to say, yes, this guy is one of yours. It's not just the king's guy. This is God's guy. And it's been evidence. And even the king of Babylon gave recognition to that. And this is part of Ezra's resume, if you will. His recommendation is his life and his heart was geared this way, like we see in verse 10. And so that's a great testimony to have. To have somebody say of you and to say of us that this is the determination, the plan, the intentionality of our lives. That needs to be an encouragement and a challenge to us to be geared in that same way. And as we look then, if we're going to call examination the study of God's word and execution the application of God's word, in other words, hitting the enter button and let the computer do the work when we think of execute, at least the way that I do, is the way of pulling together and getting the program to run. Well, if we're going to look at what does examine look like in Ezra's life, it says right there in the first part of that verse that he determined to study. He determined to study. First of all, it's intentional. It's a determination. It's not an accident. It's not like I mentioned earlier trying to memorize God's word by osmosis means you lay it on your, on your pillow before you go to sleep. You lay on it, you hope it just kind of sinks in. It's spending intentional time, not only reading and hearing, but to also get to the point of study. And the word to hear for study is to seek, to seek after, to investigate. That's a word that maybe rings with us a little bit. When we hear studying, we think, eh, to investigate. I mean, you know, news departments make, you know, part of their intentionality in their broadcasting is we have our investigative reporters. That newspapers have that. In fact, one of the greatest ones I can think of is Lee Strobel. Maybe you've heard of him. Guy was an atheist. He went to investigate the claims of Christ and Christians in his day. And much as has happened in other testimonies, As he did the investigation, God utilized people and his word to transform his life. Think about that. We need to have that same kind of heart, that same kind of motivation and drive as Ezra did, as Elise Strobel did, to investigate God's word, to incorporate it into our lives that we would be transformed to execute in Ezra life, Ezra's life looks like this. He said he wanted to be able to examine, therefore, uh, what was the word that was used? I'm losing my spot here. He determined in his heart to study the law and to obey it. And to obey it and, as an aside, Teach. Unlike we hear often, those who can't do teach. No, those who can do teach. When it comes to God's word, that's... That intentionality here, and there's a, I believe, a definite progression in Ezra's life and every one of our lives. We are determined to study. From that study, we learn what we should do, how we should behave, how we should think, what we should value, what we should avoid. That which is righteous, that which is sinful, and all of God's purpose and plan and leadership and direction in our lives. And then as we begin to incorporate that in our lives, we are able to teach others as well. See, that word obey is to do, it is to act, it is to behave. Let's move over to the New Testament in James. James is a wonderful book, despite what Martin Luther might have to say about it. He didn't like it a whole lot, and I understand we can get out of line from getting away from grace and thinking that doing everything is because that's how we're trying to earn god's favor and that's that's the wrong attitude it is because of god's grace and mercy that we are able to do and i'm getting ahead of myself but that you can't explain it any other way the verses we're getting to read right here in james chapter one we begin in verse 22 but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. I mean... It's almost like, so what does this mean? Well, Let me just read it again. It's, it means what it says quite plainly. See, the beauty of this, I believe, moving from the Old Testament to New Testament, when we look at Ezra, we think of someone who is a priest. We think of someone who is called by God to lead God's people and do that. And, of course, he's supposed to have a determination to study the Word of God. I mean, preacher, you better do that too. To obey it, yeah. You're going to lead, you better do it. And to teach it, you know, you better be able to help me do it or at least help me understand it, or, or whatever the case may be. And we kind of think, that's a specialized calling. Hey, for all of us to be doers of the word is our calling altogether. It's who we are to be. What does study look like for us? Here in James chapter 1, it says the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom. That is to examine. It is also a picture of to stoop down to look at. You know, it's one thing to look at the flowers and go, oh, those are pretty. It's another thing to go, oh, wow, would you look at this? And isn't that amazing? It's getting into that picture. Of stooping down to see more closely, to look more at the details. So one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, the the truth of God's word, his instruction, and perseveres in it. Is it easy to maybe feel like you run out of gas on studying God's word kind of quickly? I think it is. I think it's easy to get it straight. It's like, I have every intent. This is right. Hey, as I hear you talk about it today, Pastor, yes, this is what I want to do. And we pick up our Bible this next week and we start, we're gonna look at a way to to do Bible study here in just a minute. And we look at this and, and man, by the end of the week, we're going, do I have to do it again next week? We might feel that way. Part of it is this. Do you realize that the biblical intake is spiritual warfare? I mean, it's one thing to, quote, memorize a song that really means nothing in the great scheme of things. It's another thing to memorize God's word, which is everlasting. It is hope for today and forevermore. And so there are challenges that we face, but it is the commitment that brings the blessing that is the call that God has placed in our life that we ought to be looking at, that ought to encourage us, to motivate us, to sustain us in this wonderful habit for our lives. So to examine is to stoop down, to look at more closely, to execute. I mean, he just kind of says it like this, be doers of the word. What does that mean? It means be doers of the word. It just doesn't get any more direct than that. But he does say this, a doer who works. Doing, like I just said, it's not always easy. At times, it'll be like, hey, this is, this is, I got this. Man, give me more of it, God, let's go. There'll be others where it's like, okay, I can't take one step I need to, and that's okay. Maintain that effort. To work at something requires sustained effort, not just coasting. And so we find being able to perform to do to carry out if you want to look at it in those ways that is the calling we talk about examining and executing God's word it is for all of us it is God's plan as to how he connects with us the instruction we need on how we should live and the way we bring honor and glory to God we are blessed by him and are able to be a blessing to others as well I mean, every bit of this is wrapped up in what has God said we should do, we should not do, how we should think. All of this is contained in the pages of Scripture. So the Bible, foundationally, is not optional to what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be a Christian, to be a God follower. Where we often find ourselves challenged, like I mentioned just a moment ago, is in the how to. How to do it. And I'm going to mention just one way. I want to set us into a context first because I believe what I think is more important than the method you choose is the heart you bring to this. There's a variety of Bible study methods. I want to mention one tonight. And I'm going to mention another one Wednesday night in our workshop time together in our adult prayer meetings. But here's the heart. Acts chapter 17. Beginning in verse 10. Says as soon as it was night the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. And upon arrival they went into the synagogue of the Jews. The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if the things were so. Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of the prominent Greek women as well as men. So you may have heard it before, it's not original with me, it's that when we come to the focus of God's word in our lives is we all need to be Berean. What does that mean? It, it says their character was such that they received the word with eagerness. There's an enthusiasm. Tell me more. And as they're learning more, they said, I want to check it out. I encourage you, you say, here we go, yeah, I encourage you, whenever I preach, whenever your Sunday school teacher is teaching, whenever you've got a small group thing going on, whenever you're listening to somebody on the radio, watching a a Bible teacher on TV, that you ask the question, is that really true? Does God's word really say that? Because there are a number out there, especially once we start to get to the radio and TV end of things, that what they are saying is not the Word of God. But we ought to bring that all the way back right here to right now. Pastor, is what you're saying consistent with God's Word? That's my heart and mind. That's my desire. To be able to be consistently teaching the Word of God as I have learned it, as God has worked it into my life to be able to share with everyone around me. So that's the heart. Now today I'm going to share with you one very simple, maybe quick way to do Bible study. You're going, hey, I'm not getting it. This is the part where you start talking about pen and paper and maybe looking at commentaries and and talk about translations and stuff. And all of that is incorporated into that. And sometimes that sounds like, dude, I didn't sign up for seminary. And that's fine. I want to start us here with one that I really like because it's an acronym. It's called SOAP. What is the SOAP Bible study method? And then from there we'll talk about others and we can answer questions back and forth, especially on Wednesday nights on you know dealing with translations, what are good commentaries to look at and Bible study or study Bibles to use and, and these kinds of things. But maybe this progression of SOAP, S-O-A-P, will help bring in a focus to not just reading through to get through a Bible reading plan, not just listening to it, but getting us to the point of being able to be hearers who work effectively. First of all, the S then is scripture. What do we do with this? As you come to a passage, maybe you are doing a daily Bible reading. You're reading a chapter and say, okay, this is the one I want to study for this week. Take one a week. Don't have to take one a day and do this every day, but maybe take one a week. Maybe take two weeks on it. Go at your own pace, but make it intentional. Especially if you say I've not really made it a habit of doing personal Bible study on my own, with Scripture, then write down that Bible reference first. And you've got to maybe this is the journaling part. Say so I'm not going to do the journaling like a diary, but maybe you don't need a my diary. Just use a a soap journal and take a, maybe where the way you open it up, take a quarter of the page all the way through. Top left is S, bottom left is O. Top right is A, bottom right is P. and Use those four and be able to do these aspects of this type of Bible study. First of all, write down the reference in that. And then write out, maybe it's just a verse or two. Maybe you're reading a whole chapter and there's two or three verses in the middle of that really stand out. And write out those verses. You're saying rewrite the scripture in that? Yes. To help get that in there, that idea of memorizing through not only hearing and reading but also writing just to be able to write those, maybe it's the ones that stand out. Maybe you're, you're reading Psalm 23 and the part that gets you is the idea of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And maybe it's just that Verse. That you go into study on for that week. Maybe you pick two or three of those. Maybe you go over to and you're in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 20. It's the armor of God and it's the part that begins to talk about what do you take up? You take up the helmet of salvation, writing those down. So the scripture, it's just writing down the reference, writing down a, a key verse or two that are there. Observation is O. Observation. In essence, what word or words stand out as you read or as you have read and, and wrote down these verses? You're in Psalm 1 and it is, how happy is the one who doesn't walk in the advice of the wicked nor stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers? And you start to say, well, what is all this? What's this progression of, you know, the... the Walk and stand and sit. Or, or maybe what is, what is this picture that is given to us here? Or his, he delights in the Lord's instruction and he meditates in it day and night. Or maybe he is like a tree planted by flowing streams. It bears its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. What are some of the key words that as you rewrite that passage stick out? Another question to ask in observation is to whom was this passage written? The audience, what was the intended target to help get an idea for how it was written or maybe why? And that's the next question, for what reason was this passage written? You know, is Paul writing to Timothy, who is a new pastor, young guy, in the faith and trying to help him out as to how he should lead God's people. Oh, okay. Well, that context is helpful for why Paul chose what he wrote in that first letter he wrote to Timothy. The book of Romans. Hmm, all oh, this, Romans, we're in Romans chapter six. Yeah, he wrote to the Christians in Rome. What were they, what was their context like maybe? What, what was life like for them? So finding to whom it was written and for what reason? So that's the observation, that's beginning to pick out stuff that God is bringing you to focus on and then we get to that next word, the the A word of application. This is where it often gets challenging, especially for teachers who are geared to be students or studiers, which is like me. I can spend all day studying God's word, turn it around inside and out and talk about the details of it. And sometimes the challenge for me is the so what question. Oh, all of that sounds good. That's really cool. Man, you got a lot of truth right there. So what? Don Whitney in his book, one of my primary resources, lists six questions that we can ask of any text any passage of scripture to help us begin that process of application let me list those for you kind of take some time you're going if i'm trying to write these down don't run through them first one does this text reveal something i should believe about god in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth what do i need to believe about God? in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth Another one, does this text reveal something I should praise or thank or trust God for? Psalm 150, I don't have time to go into it, but that's a beautiful picture of praising God for who he is. Next one, does this text reveal something I should pray about for myself or others? In this world you will have trials of many kinds. I ought to pray about that because I am guaranteed that and so is my brother and sister here in this church. Next, does this text reveal something I should have a new attitude about? I'm I'm afraid to make application because that goes from preaching to meddling. You know the passages. I should have a new attitude about. Have this attitude in which is yours in Christ Jesus do not think more highly of yourself than you ought but consider the needs of others more important than your own ooh another application question does this text reveal something i should make a decision about choose for you this day whom you will serve Joshua 24 does this text reveal something i should do for the sake of Christ Others or myself. Those aren't an exhaustive list, but that's a good start. When I start thinking about application, how does what I am reading impact how I am living? And then finally, of the SOAP study method, the P is prayer. You've already been into the memorizing part and the meditating part. You've got a head start on this because it's going to sound exactly the same. First of all, pray the verse. Take that verse that you're looking at. Psalm one. Psalm nineteen. I could go on and on especially in the Psalms they're a lot of fun it's like those are a bunch of worship attitudes yes they are but our attitudes impact our behavior how blessed or happy is the one who doesn't walk in the advice of the wicked Lord make me to be blessed in these ways Psalm 1 another aspect of prayer in relationship to Bible study allow time for repentance repentance Renewal and worship in prayer as response to the verse or verses you're studying. When it gets to the study part, maybe we breeze by this too quickly. And we say, okay, the meditation part, if we were to pray and do that, that gets us to kind of steep in the Word of God a little bit more, praying it back and understanding that the greatest prayer I could ever pray is the one that God's already set forth for me in His Word to stick with his word. That is God's will for my life. Sometimes it's harder for us to get to even these applications. points. As I read God's word and I am convicted that I have not been doing what I should be doing or I'm doing what I should not be doing and taking the time in study to say, God, forgive me for repentance of this thing, that attitude, that action. Time for renewal. Father, build this Have it in me. Strengthen my character. Make me more consistent in doing and then in worship. Father, I thank you that my study today brought me to a point of knowing I needed to change. Father, that you cared enough about me and all of your children to leave us your word that we could know your will for our lives. Those are aspects of Bible study. Bible study is not to get it in here to be able to go, yay, I won the Bible tribute game. It's to get our word in here and in here, in every bit of our lives that we can go out and live victoriously as God has intended us to even when we walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death or we face challenges in these ways that we can know this, that you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I mean, those things, they ought to roll off of our, our, off of our tongue. They ought to be able to be called up in an instant, not just so we can go, ooh, isn't that cool? Look at how many verses I've got memorized and can share with the, everybody right now, but so that we can know in the same way that we can do that right here as we're talking, when I'm in that situation, God can bring that to my mind also. And having studied it, I know the depth of the beauty of it and how right this is. And when I'm tempted to go, but God, you don't, he goes, yes, I do. Why? Because I'm with you always to the end of this age. You're listening to the Clay County Baptist Church. For more information about Claytown, please visit us online at www.claybapp.org.